Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Breaching Extinction podcast. You're here for your bi-weekly episodes that are late on the final season of Breaching Extinction, or so we think to be the final season. I'm here with Madison Bashford. How are you doing, Maddie? Hello, hello. I'm doing just fine. I'm kind of fighting some sort of cold allergies. We don't know, but I'm fine. It seems like everybody's fighting something right now. Like, I've been more sick this year than I have been in like years. It's crazy. I know. And you were just saying like, maybe that's like a thing or something. I don't know. Yeah. I was just talking to my friend, Sam, and she was saying that like, cause she keeps getting sick. And apparently her doctor was saying like, now that things have opened up because of COVID, like we're exposed to other things that people haven't been exposed to in a while. And it can just be making people more sick. So, um, yeah. So rip to everyone getting sick. No I had something like fun though that I wanted to share that was just like a like fun thing that I did this week. Yeah. Well, another podcast I listened to um because I always listen to Ologies is another one of my faves and I've told you about and um they she had a, a episode come out this week that's called Delphinology and it's with this like psychologist who studies dolphins and um mm-hmm. it was like really good. It was a lot of stuff like listeners you and I like already kind of knew about, but he went into the whole story of like that John Lilly guy with like the um, LSD experiments and like the like chick who like lived with like Peter the dolphin or something. And like, she like basically like, I don't know, had relations with him. Yeah. Him off. Yeah. yeah, it was like so weird. But um, this guy was like, he he's written a lot of cool books and he was like really cool to listen to. So um, I recommend to you slash all the listeners um, if you're interested in hearing some cool dolphin stuff about like the psychology of dolphins, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's her most recent episode. On I think that that particular dolphin probably needs a lot of therapy and we could do a case study on that dolphin alone because it's been through it. Dude, I, it was so weird. Like the chick, like I didn't know all the details of the story. I'd literally just seen like a drunk history, like YouTube video about it. But that like this one like chick who like studied or was like a student of John Lilly, like lived in a house that was waterproof, like that was full of water on the first floor. And she lived on the second floor and she like lived with this dolphin and tried to like teach it English. And NASA funded this. This is what. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then he was like, and as soon as they found out she was masturbating the dolphin, the funding stopped. I was like, yeah, well, good. Well, I, I, okay, so I watched the drunk history one on it, and like, yeah. um, I, can't, I can't remember like the details of the story, but from drunk history, I remember they were saying that like the dolphin would just get too horny, so what they would do is they would like pick it up and move it into like the place where there was a female dolphin, okay. and then like that became too much, so they just started like jerking it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think, what chain of events? Like, I know, like, what? It's so weird. Like, what chain of events, like, are you actually going to be going through with that? Like, it's weird. It's and weird. it's like, it was just for the dolphin's own, like, pleasure. Like, that is, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That just seems very yeah, nice to me. I, there, some, some whale and dolphin people are really weird. Although, like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's 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 a little unsurprising, but... um. Yeah, anyway, the, 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 there was more more um, to it in this Ologies episode, so I recommend going to listen to it. Okay. It, was, it was really good. They taught she, or, oh no, this was on your most recent episode, the homosexual belugas. I like that yes. too. It is fuck. 
that was really good. Anyway, I just want to let everyone know that I'm in my worm era. Yes, yes. Please tell us. Um, so for those of you who may or may not be familiar with something called swirmals and or worm on a string, I recently discovered through um, a local famous, world famous drag artist <laughs> called Trash is Trashy. Look them up on Instagram because um they're literally just an icon um we were local having a celebrity. what local celebrity local no world famous oh 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 okay right world famous celebrity trash trashy um but we're having a business meeting I now conduct all business meetings in the hot tub we're having a business meeting um and in that meeting we were discuss part of the meeting we discussed that you can buy worm on a string from Amazon in bulk um, and so I now, well, I have probably 90 now, but I had a hundred worm on a string. Um, and now I have like 90 and I'm in my worm era. How would you like describe for someone who can't see you flinging around this worm on a string right now, like describe visually what it is like? I think that they could Google it, but it's just this fuzzy little worm on a string. Like, I feel like, do you not recognize these from childhood? I don't know. I never like had them. To me, it's a cat toy. Like I feel like they should be attached on a like a thing, and you swing it around, and your cat plays with it's it. It's not what this is for, of Madison. It's very serious, right? Not and for- what business are you? What business meetings are you conducting? Also, we're having business meetings. Okay, and I can't. It's confidential. Okay. This is like you're you're lucky that I have blessed you with the information of the fact that there are you can buy a hundred worm on a string on Amazon for twenty dollars. Yeah, and I just know that my cat would love them. I also thought they look like fishing lures, which you said they. Okay, might so have. it's funny you say that because these came out in the seventies, and um, like fishermen did use them as fishing lures. They did. They're kind of like they remind me of like the thing that also came out in this. I think it was the seventies or eighties, like the pet rock interesting but these are way cooler I'm gonna have to ask my dad if he knows about it yeah Yeah, no they're pretty cool I I wish I had some maybe I'll have to order some well see and you were you were shitting on me for that yeah my brother it's just so random like it's so random So, okay, that was just a little teaser sample from one of my students, actually two of my students, um, SoundCloud. They really were excited about it and wanted to share with the podcast listeners about um, the music they've been making. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I think I've said it before, but I teach high school at an academy for autism here in Mesa, Arizona. And that was John Kong featuring Joe Bro. Shout out Jonathan and Joseph um, for their, yeah, a little sample of their SoundCloud masterpiece called We Smokin' It Up, Boys. That doesn't sound super appropriate, um, but I just wanted to <laughs> share a little bit of that because they were so proud of it. And now we will end our little break. Okay. And we're back. And we're back. We just had after a, break. a short break. After a short <laughs> break. Um, yeah. Okay. So where were we? We're on a string. We're on a string. So you can get them. 
and they're not for cats they're for people so fuck off um yeah. anyways okay so we are here to do our like short little episodes um and this week we're talking about lolita also known as tokite who don't be released yes yes <laughs> so she's a southern resident killer whale um and she was captured at the age of four in the puget sound her mom is we think that her mom's ocean son we like we know she's a part of l pod and she's been in captivity for over 50 years now um and so she's been at the miami sea aquarium she's been all alone in her pen um and apparently like you know there have been other animals that have lived in her pen with her but she's been without other orcas for a really long time um, and you know, from what we know about orcas, these guys are highly social matriarchal groups. Like they're not supposed to be solitary animals. Um, anyways, so she, um, is now being released. Um, Miami sea aquarium is under new ownership. Um, and so she's being released back into the wild. So, yes. Yeah. yeah I was just, I was reading about the kind of Keiko story, but I don't, not super uh, knowledgeable on that, but basically the new ownership of the Miami Sea Aquarium, it's called the Dolphin Company. And um, we had recently talked about Lolita in an episode and we were kind of like, I don't know, in my head, I was kind of like, I'm pretty pessimistic, I'll just say like, or I'm like really objective. So I was like, yeah, no, it's probably not going to happen. You know, like I wasn't, I wasn't super optimistic about the fact that like someone would act like that, plans would actually be put in place because they've been saying it for like a long time like there's been a lot of like advocacy to release her she's been a really controversial whale blah 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 but like literally at the beginning of this year uh or no just in march no i don't know my dates might be wrong yeah march was the press conference so like just very recently um the ceo of the dolphin company eduardo albor has like signed documents to the basically the document they signed is that they're going to create a plan for her release. And they're working with like the friends of Lolita. I think PETA is involved people for the ethical treatment of animals. And then they got like a big donation from a philanthropist and also the owner of the NFL team, the Indianapolis Colts, this guy named Jim Irsay, he donated like a bunch of money. And I thought that was, kind of random yeah I was like what the heck like who is this guy but apparently he just like loves whales um and so the the CEO of Miami Sea Aquarium or the Dolphin Company has agreed and they said like kind of logistically it could be as early as six months that she gets transported but most likely it could take up to two years like 24 months um she weighs about 5,000 pounds so like I don't know too much about moving killer whales transcontinentally. Would you say it's transcontinental across the country? I don't know. Um, I you could say that they're moving her across the country, but yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like at this point they they they've kind of figured out the killer whale transport. Obviously, it's like stressful. True. I mean, what they typically do, from my understanding, is there's like a a a pad that's put on the ground of whatever you know they're transporting because I. We had, when I was at the Clearwater Marine Aquarium, they had literally had like an ambulance that had like a pad in the back. Um, and I'm, I'm oh. sure you have to have something much larger for a killer whale. And essentially people just back there like spraying them down because you can't put them on a tank because they could potentially like drown and like slosh around and things like that. So it's just like, 
it makes more sense to put them on a pad and just like be constantly spraying them. Um, yeah. So they're set to release her. And so from what it sounds like, they're going to probably put her in like a C pen first mm-hmm. and then set her free. Cause she's going to have to learn to like hunt food on her own and everything again. Um, I think this will be really interesting to see because there have been a few instances of killer whales being set free and like, you know, sometimes they die, sometimes they don't. And like, I think it's just like killer whale people get so passionate without having all the facts. And I think so many people are just not okay with not knowing. And I think the reality is like, we don't know how this is going to turn out. Like it could be like, she could survive like she could even I mean if it's gonna take two years like she could even die in that time like who knows like right right you know um but like we don't know how it's gonna turn out it could be positive it could be not like I think it's it's cool that it's happening um you know I personally for me the whole animals in captivity is not my that's not my like area that I want to focus on so much because for me I'm I'm into I, I would prefer to put my effort into like wild animals and like wild issues and like issues with like bigger populations rather than individuals. Um, and this is like kind of, you know, it's interesting because there's a lot of money that's going into this that I think like this is going to be controversial, that I think if we put that money into salmon restoration, that would have a better long-term impact on killer whales. So it could be a cool idea, not saying not to do it, if we matched funds, if we found a way to like match funds for like salmon restoration to be able to help her population as a whole. Um, but I think one of the other important things to note, because I was just talking to my naturalist about this today, ironically, um, is that he, um, he was saying um that um, like we were talking about Lolita and I had mentioned uh, the salmon thing. I was like, if we put this much money in salmon restoration, the whales would be better off. And then also another thing too, is like the reason that I think that she should go back. Cause like, you know, I think I would maybe be indifferent, not that I don't care about an animal's well being, but given that there's limited resources to help wildlife, you know, I'm more like, I would be more keen to put that money towards something else. But the only reason that I'm, I'm pro um, like, you know, I, like, it seems like it makes more sense to let her out is because the Lummi nation has been asking for her back for a long time. Um, and I just think out of respect that should happen. And, um, that was like something that my naturalist like said that he hadn't heard when he was like looking into the different articles and things like that as, was about the salmon and then about like the Lummi nation. So I just, think yeah, that was gonna... things to bring up. Yeah, that was good. I didn't think about like putting the funds towards salmon restoration. Cause I think, yeah, like obviously like overall in the long run, that would be like a way better use of like $2 million, you know? But um, uh, that was my point is like uh, why I like totally am pro like releasing Lolita is basically for the fact that like the, like for the Lummi nation to have her back as part of their like family. And like, I'm no expert on like their beliefs or their culture, but I know that like, they're very spiritually tied with the Southern residents. And like, I just think like whether she lives or dies, like at least she will be back in like her home waters. And I think like, that's like one of the main reasons that I would, that I do support, you know, like this move. And that's what, like why I would advocate for her to be moved and why I'm excited that this like plan is now put in place. Um, So yeah, like I think I'm like, 
hell yeah, let's release her. Like, yeah. Cause I do, I kind of agree. Like I agree with like your side of like, yeah. Like just like one killer whale, like in captivity, like being released, like what's that really going to do? But I think like the statement of it, especially in like, because she is a Southern resident killer whale and because of where she's from and like her history, I think it's like a much bigger deal. Like rather than like some random, like Icelandic whale from SeaWorld, maybe, I don't know. You know, she just has such more, much more of a story. Yeah. You know, I would agree with that. And, And that's a good point to bring up too, is like, you know, this story could raise more public awareness for the Southern residents in general. And like, you know, I am a firm believer that any action that we can take it, you know, in the right direction is good, no matter how big or how small, because like, you don't know what the ripple effect of the action is going to be. So, you know, who knows, potentially someone will see that she's getting released. They'll get excited about the Southern residents and like maybe another philanthropist will want to donate a bunch of money to salmon. So, um, you know, I like, obviously I'm like, I'm for it for, you know, the sake of like the Lummy and like, not only is it like a, you know, like it, they literally, they used to hunt with the Southern residents. Like, it's not just like a spiritual thing. It's like, they used to hunt salmon alongside the Southern residents. Like that's like, I, like, I don't know any other people that have a connection like that. So like, you know, it is important, um, I think for her to go back for that reason. And like, obviously, you know, we can't, fix all of the issues with like colonization and and things like that but I think this is like you know one little thing that we can do to maybe try to help yeah to be yeah that's nice and kind um I was gonna ask you like is uh Lolita or Tokite is is she I was curious and I felt like you would know this is she counted in like the 73 individual southern residents oh okay I always wondered that because yeah. um, I feel like even, I mean, I feel like it's probably a long shot. I don't know enough about like killer whale biology to like know if this is like, I don't know, something that could happen. But if she were to like contribute to the gene pool, you know, like that would also be really great, you know, because I feel positive, like. But I don't know. She might have gone through menopause already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't know. I don't know. But who knows? I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see like if if her family recognizes her because they do have distinct calls. Like she was a young whale. Um, but I think that that'll, it'll just be interesting to see how this all plays out. And I think it'll be like, you know, a good learning experience for a lot of people. It can give us some more insight into, you know, what goes on in the minds of these whales as much as we can, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And I just thought that was like really cool. Cause like you texted me, you're like, this is probably a, like a month ago or a couple months ago you were like dude like breaking news Lolita's gonna be released you know and we had just done that episode about kind of just about her in general so I, I don't know it's like crazy how this has come this chain of events you know okay let me tell you how crazy that day was in general um so I woke up and I got on the water and like we had a boat full of families and I was like today would probably not be a great way, great day for a killer whale predation. And that's exactly what we literally ran into like 20 minutes later. Like Mike and I are looking and we're like seeing spouts and I'm seeing fins and I like don't want to call it yet. And I was like, hmm, I was like, because I've definitely done that where I get overly excited about Rizzo's and I'm like, they're orcas and they're not. So I was like, yeah. they're not orcas, even though it was like clearly black dwarf fins. I was like, no. And then we got on them and it was a predation. I was like, that's crazy. 
And then I go to Drag Queen Bingo that evening and I watch this couple who I've seen at almost like every bingo event since I started going and like a lot of the gay events um, get engaged. So I was like, cool. I didn't think they could do better. And then I found out that Lolita was getting released and I was like, what the fuck is this day? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just too, just, just over excitement, over stimulation all in one day. It was cool. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's cause I really, I mean, I, like I said, I really never thought that like, I don't know, like, it's crazy. This like Indianapolis Colts owner just like came out of seemingly nowhere, put in all this money and like now, <clears throat> and like, I think we talked about in the previous episode just about Lolita. Like it was like the CEO, the new CEO of the Seacrim was like, more um like open to making a plan for her release because she's like costing the aquarium more money than she is bringing in money at this point so it all you know comes back to money in a way but um then you get this like philanthropist I don't know it just seemed like all the pieces came together for this to happen and I didn't see that coming so it was kind of a nice surprise it's a nice surprise yeah and also too like you know I think it is like a good story of like hope in the sense of like there have been a lot of people fighting for a lot of years to get her out and like you know it looked like it wasn't going to happen and then it did and like that I think that this can just be a reminder for us and like a testament to like move forward with our efforts towards the southern residents or like whatever environmental issue our listeners may be passionate about like keep pushing and like sometimes this stuff just takes years it just it's complicated so um I think it's like a good you know reminder that like just keep persevering and like you know every small effort helps like every little thing that people do I think helps and you know you may not see the impact of it at the moment but you never know the ripple effect And if we're all just taking baby steps towards like bigger goals, that's going to have a long-term impact. I did not think of it that way, but that was very beautifully said. I 100% agree. Cause I am sort of like that, like kind of pessimistic where I'm like, yeah, no, like, you know, it's not looking good. But if like, if anything, like this is a testament to that, like, you know, like what's the, the, the snake river dams. I don't know if yeah, made on that yeah. but like just to like keep like fighting for like you said like whatever environmental environmental issue that you're passionate about yeah might not be in your lifetime that you see the effects but um but just put it know. out there you never know but you never know yeah yeah and it's better to put it out there and fail than to not put it out there and you never know you could because I yeah. feel like at that point you live with regrets and it's like I'd rather feel exhausted and defeated and know that I tried than like, I don't know, feel safe and comfortable and maybe have doubts. Totally. Yeah. I feel like that's just like a good life lesson in general, like in anyone's life, not even just with environmental issues, you know? Yeah. What we're here for, man. Beautifully said. Life lessons, worm on a string. Life (laughs) advice. Worms on a string. (laughs) I feel like you really could make some sort of like fashion piece. I think I need a I think I need a coat out of these like worms. a whole coat that seems ambitious, but I think it's doable. It, it's been done. So as I was telling you, I, I maybe <laughs> went down a rabbit hole on YouTube before this call. And uh. I started making an entire costume where like they became one worm on a string. And I was like, that's amazing. Oh my god. And then, but also there's another one where this man literally made a coat 
and it okay. 3,000 worms. Granted, it was a very long coat. I think I would do a shorter one. Uh-huh. But like, and also he, his trick was um, gluing them, but he folded them in half like this to make them a little bit shorter. And oh. I think that was the move, but it could get expensive, you know? So funny. Yeah, they, it looks like it would be a very soft. Would you like sew them together? Or? I think that if I, if I did it, like if I did it like the halfway, like where you fold the worm in half, I would use fabric glue. And I feel like I would get a jacket that's already a jacket, like go to Goodwill or something, find a jacket. Wow. Okay. And then do it that way, I think. I, yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of my thought, but um, still in the works. I think that this first hundred worm on a string, I may or may not place in random locations. Um, I Yeah, I don't know, but I have, um, I'm obsessed with the worm on the string. So we had to take another short break there. Um, so I thought I'd take this opportunity to share another quick sample from one of my students, um, one of their, yeah, a sample of the music they've been creating. So this is called Pieces by Joe Bro. Shout out to Joseph. wanted to show that I think it's super cool and cute and just amazing that my students have found something they're passionate about um so yeah shout out to Joe Bro and John Kong and I also wanted to shout out my student Liam who wanted me to share with the podcast listeners his Instagram account which is called drunk off creativity at drunk off creativity Liam um it's sort of an amateur photographer and he's super into it and I love seeing my students passionate and showcasing their artistic talents so yeah Joe and John are super into making these beats I guess you call it sorry you can hear the dogs playing in the background um, and then Liam is super into uh, photography and I just wanted to showcase that with this little platform that I do have with, here with Erica on Breaching Extinction. Um, and with that, I think we're about to wrap it up. Um, yeah. But yes, um, so Maddie and I will be doing only a few more of these four episodes and then the podcast is going to be ending at least for the time being. Um, you have a, like a timeline of like, or not a time, like when, when do you expect this last so season to wrap? let's see. So I've been doing like weekly episodes. Um, the last two are really good too. Go check them out. Thank you. Um, I've been doing weekly episodes um, and I plan to do about 10 to 15, probably closer to 10 um, total by the time that this is like over. Um, so let's see. Um, so probably like another two more months. Okay. So probably like the end of June will be like the end of the podcast. Um, at least for now, maybe it's, you know, if you guys want more information 
about that. Go listen to episode 122. Um, but yeah, just the, a short recap of it is like my schedule's way too hectic. And also like I've found that a lot of times there are scheduling issues. Like I live out in the mountains and like I had a lot of issues with the storms coming through and like internet and power connections. And then also too, like I work two jobs with like relatively unstable schedules. Um, and oftentimes I will take like a, a day off and like plan an episode and I I'm not even kidding I feel like half the time like people have to reschedule which like I don't blame them I understand the nature of this work like people have field work they have internet connection issues like trust me I get it but like it just has gotten to the point where it's like way too difficult to try to schedule and also like I don't have the same passion for it and also like I want to put my time into other things right now so yeah. that's the short recap of why the podcast is ending. If you don't want to listen to the full episode. Yeah. And we only, so with that being said, only a few more episodes, probably, you know, over the next two months or whatever. So if anyone has topics that they want us to talk about, just let us know. Your last chance. Let yeah. us know. Send us an Instagram. About anything. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Bye. Bye.